tuned in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> show season two episode 14 or 16 <laughs> depending on how you're counting it doesn't matter to us both of them are the right answer it really doesn't <laughs> nope. episode uh, uh, you know uh, it's an it's an episode that happened though they now have these fancy little thumbnails on the after buzz youtube channel that actually do say like season two episode 16 it does say 16 uh, on the uh, it does. live stream so it does we're gonna go with but that. according Whatever. to wikipedia it's 14 so eh uh, as I say, either either answer is correct. Uh, if you guys have not done so already, please be sure to go on over to iTunes, subscribe to us there, leave us reviews. We love hearing from you guys. We'll read them out loud if we get any new ones. We don't have any new ones this week, but as you know, last week we had a new one, and I read it. So if you want to have your review... <laughs> it was super nice. It was. It was super nice. So if you want to have your review read on the air, you should totally go to iTunes and do that thing. Uh, though if you are listening on iTunes, you're totally missing out on the amazing dance party and light show that's happening <laughs> in here right now, which you can see if you head on over to YouTube and watch us. And some of you, as you know, are actually watching us live right now. So thank you to everyone who has joined us this evening. We are monitoring the live chat as well as that hashtag ABTVRebels, which we do continue to check throughout the week. If you want to talk to us at any point during the episode, during your life, ABTVRebels, <laughs> that's the way to go. I am Emma Fife, your host. You can find me all over the internet at Emma Fife. And I am joined, as per usual, by the lovely and talented Megan Salinas. Hey guys, you can follow me on Twitter at the Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And the equally spectacular Katie Cullen. Hi all my buddies, you can find me on Twitter at Kiaget. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. And I will never regret the opening song choices for this show. Nope. Never. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, much as I love the John Williams score, and that was like a big part of this episode it for me. Oh, so god. It was gorgeous. I feel like the music is really, really standing out this season in, yeah. in like a really good way. No, like I like to the point where like I can remember specific music cues outside of things that were from the original trilogy. Yeah. Like the uh the moment when Ezra's standing this season when he goes back home and he's standing outside of his home, yeah. like that one was a really beautiful piece. The the piece where uh Zeb was is piloting, is the, piloting ship. Yeah. the ship yes. with force powers, that was beautiful. I like that's the one I think I want the most. But yeah. you're absolutely right. Music in this one's stellar as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. The I felt that the the sort of like emotional music, uh, particularly at the end when uh, Chamsin's Sindula and Hera were sort of connecting and seeing eye to eye a little bit more towards the end of the episode, it was very sort of reminiscent of the Luke and Leia theme, but. Which which makes sense because it's all about like it's that family, yeah, that family connection, um, which is ultimately uh, what this episode was about. So I want to know from you guys, having not 
watched Clone Wars, correct? Correct. What? Way to out us, thanks. Well, no, if we, I feel like we're <laughs> open about that. We don't want to get... doing so well. <laughs> we don't want to get geek checked anywhere. It's, it's better to be honest than yeah. to pretend like you don't know. No, this is not... I've been this, doing a really good job <laughs> of pretending I know. This is not a show where we geek check people. We already we already squashed all that ideas when we had Steve Blue on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I just want to know from you, like, having not had a prior connection to the character of Cham Sindula, like, what sort of were your impressions of him overall as a character? <laughs> He's a dick. <laughs> I, was, I don't know if we should use that word, because I was just debating with myself whether or not I should use that. I was like, is that okay to say? This yeah. is a kid show. Yeah. But my first yeah. thought yeah. When, when we, upon meeting this character was, has he always been this much of a dick? But because <laughs> just, it was awful. Well, and and the sad thing is, because you kind of know the character type, and because you know the beats of a story like this, you saw the one eighty coming a mile away. Like, and then he's oh. gonna do, and then it's, yep, here we go. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. That that all seemed very very obvious to me. So basically, in Clone, he's only in a couple episodes of Clone Wars, if I recall correctly. It's been a while. Clone Wars was on when I was in college. Um, and, uh, uh, but basically, he, you know, he's he's a Twi'lek, and he is on the planet of Ryloth, which they were, you know, basically going to steal the sort of base ship that was flying over Ryloth, which he, of course, wanted to blow up. It was which, essentially an aircraft carrier. It, it is, yeah. That's, that, is, that is exactly what it is. But he... I felt he was being very true to the character that we see in Clone Wars, who is like 100% committed to sort of the welfare and safety and and more importantly freedom of his people because in clone wars there's like a scene where some of the jedi are there and they're helping them take down sort of the droid army that's attacking their people and there's this conversation they have where basically he's like okay but once we deal with this are you guys going to go away and and the jedi you know from the council are basically like no like we'll we'll stay here and we'll help protect you and he's like mm, that's just going to be a different kind of armed <laughs> occupation <laughs> And they're like, nonsense. He's not. Yeah, I mean, that that is the thing, is that, you know, stubborn as he's being, and and as much as his views are in opposition to Hera's views in this episode, you kind of get where he's coming from, I think. No. Yeah, but the second you're like, oh, we'll go along with your plan, oh no, we're throwing you under the bus, it's like... Uh, that is true. No, yeah, nope. Sorry. I I will say though that even even if the quote unquote twist was a little predictable, I I do appreciate the character consistency from the sound of it, and I also really appreciate that they didn't paint him as just ah he's the mean father who's just wrong because he's wrong. They didn't. You completely understand yeah. his oh, yeah. point of view. Oh yeah. And like just because our our heroes need this to accomplish their ends, that does doesn't mean what he's trying to accomplish is bad either. No. It's just, again, as you pointed out, at odds with what Hera wants to accomplish. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, it is just a different point of view. And ultimately, what we're dealing with here are two characters, Hera and her father, who are actually incredibly alike. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that is where the conflict comes from, because they both think that they are right. You can see the stubbornness. 
Yeah. And it's really funny when members of a very stubborn family are at odds because it's just like you're so much alike. The fact that you're on opposite ends of this one issue and you'll never speak again. <laughs> you're not sure if you need popcorn or a fire blanket. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or a get-along shirt. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I really appreciated that, and in yeah, no, I it made me want to watch more about this character. And again, to him, the resistance that she's joining is probably just Republic 2.0 because the Republic became the Empire, and his daughter runs off to join this other resistance outside of the you know the resistance to mm-hmm. free his planet. And so for him, if he's like, well, if this resistance overtakes the Empire, it's just going to set up something in its place, and it's just going to become the next Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly, because, I mean, basically what we were dealing with in Clone Wars was that the Republic came to their aid, and ultimately the Republic, sort of the remnants of it more or less, became what is now the Empire. And so it makes sense that he would be suspicious of the Rebels, because he is, as, as we pointed out earlier very, very dedicated to just the preservation and freedom of of the Twi'lek on, on Ryloth. You know, I, I like that we get this kind of parallel between uh, what went on with the Mandalorians mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago and what's going on with the Twi'leks right now, because every planet and every isolated group of people out in space has to deal with the Empire in their own way. Yeah. Some choose to join the Rebellion, some choose to kind of do their own thing. Yeah. And so it's it's really interesting to see the different perspectives throughout the galaxy. Yeah, no, I agree. And, it, and it's we're kind of seeing, like, all of the members of our little Rebel crew connecting with their roots in one way or another. Because as you say, we had the episode with Sabine and dealing with the Mandalorians, and we had the, scene, the episode with Zeb... And Lasat, and we got Ezra's parents. Exactly. I'm just waiting to see what they do with Kanan for this, if they do anything, because we do have the comics that are going on <laughs> right, right, right now, and I don't know how much they can touch on for that. And the other question for that is, what's left? Yeah, probably not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Sorry, bro. Yeah, I will say I love Kanan meeting the parents. I was gonna say that was. Yeah. His- that was just that if they they tweeted out that clip earlier, and so Ooh, I stayed up straight. Before. Just you're embarrassing me. Um, oh. And just him inter- introducing them all by the wrong names, and Ezra's just little head shake of no, no. <laughs> was just, it was beautiful. It was. It was. I just want to address something in the chat really uh, quickly because. You're, cause it's very interesting to point out. So Mitchell Whitmer in the chat, who wrote my name in all caps to try to get my attention. <laughs> so thank you very much. I see you, Mitchell, uh, says that Numa, one of the two, uh, Twi'lek warriors that we saw in this actually, they was seen as a little girl in Clone Wars, which I remember there being like little Twi'leks <laughs> running around in this. There was a whole bunch of them. Like oh. it was, it was, you, cause you, you saw them under siege and you that's awesome have though. Heard Dylan go, he would go off on tangents. <laughs> He pulled up screenshots of, of Chom, like, with a little Twi'lek girl on his yeah. lap. And he's like, this has to be Hera. That's amazing. And well, okay, because I actually... before it was confirmed. Well, because I actually wanted to talk about that sort of timeline-wise, because I agree with Dylan that, like, the, the little girl that we saw, as you say, like, on Chom's lap, that probably is Hera, because Hera has to have been born by the time we meet Chom in Clone Wars... Because she, it's, it's very well established that she is 
a mature woman. I mean, she's not old by any means. But no, she's but, an adult. Well, I don't yeah, know what we like lifespans are yeah. like. I'm not going to pretend like yeah, I know. I'm not going to pretend <laughs> I know that either. But well, and she was old enough to remember the war and old mm-hmm. enough to remember her mom dying in the war. Yeah. And I have to wonder if Dad hadn't just completely gone into his job after Mom died, would she have ever left? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's really interesting because I, I do really like this sort of family trope that they explore of the, the like, hero parent who is adored by everyone except his children <laughs> who feel largely ignored. I think we beat the heck out of that one in Gallivant, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're too Gallivant had that in spades. <laughs> well, yeah, it's something that gets touched on a lot, where just because you're a good hero doesn't necessarily mean you're a good parent. I think Legend of Korra touched on that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yes! Yes! Oh, man, Legend of Korra totally nailed that. I like, think remember you just those said heroes? the magic words. <laughs> remember those heroes that you adored when they were children? Well, they grew up and they're still heroes, but they're not great. But there's a to a T. They were all terrible parents. Yeah. All of them. Well, they were. I mean, no one's perfect. That was a lot of pressure. That's what I'm going to say because I felt like uh, that. Like Chom is definitely portrayed as being a heroic sort of ca- like he's a good character. So it's interesting to see. It's it is. It's very similar to Legend of Korra, where you have this character who is very heroic and you know brought freedom to his people and is very much like this symbol for liberty and and goodness and light and, and truth and justice. And truth and, and justice and Twi'lek. The Twi'lek way. way. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then seeing that like that just because you're a good person doesn't always necessarily equal, like, perfect parent. Yeah. I will say, though, I think she would have left anyway. and But maybe not left on bad terms with her father, because she clearly left, like... Because in this episode, it's explained that, like, him, like, diving into the rebellion very much drove her away. But we get another side of it a couple episodes ago when she's talking about wanting to be a pilot. Now, yes. here's, here's the question... What came first, her desire to fly or her father, you know, getting really dead set on revenge, basically, and taking back the planet for their for their people? Mm-hmm. Which came first? Did she want to fly before that or did she want to fly because of that? I you know, feel like they might be concurrent. I See, I my inclination is, yeah, I feel like sort of concurrent because... One of the things, as we mentioned earlier, like, they are these two incredibly similar characters. They are both very driven. They are both very good leaders. They're And they're good decision makers, honestly. And they're both willing to go to great lengths to accomplish the things that they have set their mind on and to, and to sort of nurture their followers, if you will, into, you know leading, fulfilling, heroic lives. But it also might... And I don't necessarily want to, like, harp on it too much, right. but it also might explain why Hera feels the need... And maybe she just gets it from her mom's side. Right. But it also kind of explains maybe why she feels the need to be that nurturer, to be yeah. that emotional support. You know, that makes sense, because if she felt that she wasn't getting that from her dad, it's natural that she would have developed that in spades. I mean, one of the moments that I really liked about this episode was when Hera was explaining to Ezra 
how she and her father did not get along. And Ezra being like, well, family's important to me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, and in the lines there, you can read, I love you, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. The Zayanorto in the chat, thank you for joining us, as you very often do, uh, says, I think her desire to fly uh, uh, first came first, and when she saw the sky and how they were helping Ryloth, she wanted to do that for the whole galaxy. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, we have a first-timer in the chat today. Oh. MC Pika Nation. Oh. Hi. Hi, MC Hello. Pika Nation. Thanks for joining us. We we also have um, some talk in the hashtag oh. talking about the moment where they're alone. Mm-hmm. Where she and her dad are alone, and she slips into the accent. Oh, and that was an amazing yeah. moment. A, a bunch of Dang. people tweeting at me about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about this uh, before the show, where it's like if somebody is from a very distinct place regionally, right. and then they go to, like, California or sure. the West Coast. Yeah, we said Boston to California. Yeah. <laughs> Boston. And then um, Boston. and then they go back, and every now and then, even though they, they try to, like, hide it, occasionally it'll come back, back out. And this, since no one was around, she just went right back into it, which... Took me by surprise because I'm so used to hearing Vanessa Marshall's very right. controlled yeah. delivery. Yeah, well, and I feel like it's less no one was around and more she was alone with dad and having a heated argument. Yeah, and it exactly. Just, boom. Oh, I think that that and to me that honestly was kind of realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, like, oh, it's, yeah. it's as you say, Megan. It's like you people who are from very distinct regional places. And, and especially in the case of someone like Hera, who has very much left her own people behind, who's trying, oh, yeah. who's trying to separate herself. Correct. From that. Yeah, that it makes sense that though, when confronted with, you know, being in the presence of hearing that pattern of speech and the way she, that she, of course, grew up speaking, and also being angry. If you've ever hung out with somebody who has a slight accent, it'll become decidedly more pronounced sometimes when alcohol is involved. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not the case here. Yeah, not the case here, but I'm just saying it it was it it was similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anger or slight drunkenness makes makes the old accents come out. Sips one, half a dozen of the other sometimes. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but I I mean again it, it just goes back to, like, we were seeing Hera and Sham being at odds with each other because of the fact that they both so strongly believe in the things that they believe in. And and also, I think with Hera, it kind of harkens back to the first episode of the second half of the season, the one with Leia in it, mm-hmm. where basically she was talking about how, because she can fight, she feels that she needs to. And I think that's kind of where Hera is coming from. In a that, you know, okay, so she sees her dad, who apparently was her inspiration to to become a good leader, though her mom, according to what, what Chom says at the end of the episode, was a, was the dreamer, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it makes, so it, like, I feel like her mom sort of inspired Hera to, like, look outside the box. <laughs> and out there, waiting <laughs> in the sun. Stars? Or the planet. <laughs> Uh, as the case may be, uh, but then her dad is the one. Like, but she, but ultimately, her temperament is like her dad. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. And yeah, it it's funny too the the way he he goes about like calling her a dreamer. I was like, was that a backhanded compliment? He also or said was that child a- at one point, <laughs> and that was just like, nope. 
Well, it's like technically her plan worked, so. Yeah. But way to disrespect her. Yeah. They get into an argument. He immediately calls her child. I mean, watching it with these two, you, they, you saw me just like, nope, she's mom. Yeah. Well, he, she is he rectified mom. that at the end when he addressed her as captain. But yeah, no. And on the one hand, it's like, that's very disrespectful. She is a captain. You should address her as such, especially if you're estranged. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, it's her dad. That's, I know. That's the way know, parents look at it. It doesn't point, matter if you're if you're three or if you're forty two. Your parents are always going to see you as you're my kid. Yeah. yeah, but there's a big difference between you're my kid and I'm using this leverage to put you in your place in this argument. My parents don't call me child when we disagree. They address me like an adult because God help me, that's what I am. I avoid so, disagreements with my parents at all costs. Well, yeah, but it occurs sometimes. I mean. It, it happens, but they don't try to pull that on me because right. even if we completely disagree on things, they still respect me as an adult with my own life experiences. Pulling that on someone who is, as you said, a mature woman is just like, no, 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 no. I know she's your no. daughter and I know you love her, but you don't do that. That is stunningly disrespectful. Not cool, Dad. Not but- cool. I'm not defending him by any means. The only thing I will say is we don't know how long it's been since they've seen each other. Years. And as, you know, there, there's not a specification as to how many years. It's true. Years. So for all we know, she was pretty young when she took off. She she might have been, like, it sounds like she took off at her first opportunity. So she was, pr- and granted, I haven't read the, the prequel book. I apologize. Right. Um, I don't know if that, that book goes into it at all, but she probably took off at her earliest opportunity. Yeah. It's still mm. a very disrespectful thing to say to an adult. Not disagreeing. No, I don't I don't I don't disagree. Bad. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying like it's it's realistic. Like if she had left when he was four when uh left when she was fourteen, then of course he would still see her as a fourteen year old. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Griffin in the chat brings up a, a good, a really good point in terms of like uh, Chom's ideas versus Hera's ideas. That basically he thinks in the short term, and she thinks long term, overarching, like yeah. good of the universe. Which micro I, versus micro. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that is uh, absolutely true. And Tim Houlihan brought up that Cham disrespected Chopper and survived. That is impressive <laughs> for someone who's not a main character. That, yep. that was another interesting plot point, too. I didn't realize Chopper and Hera had been together that long. I know. It's like, yeah. oh, that droid you found during the war. His name's Chopper. Char- I mean, we always knew he was an old bucket of bolts. I didn't know he was that old. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old homicidal bucket of bolts. <laughs> I know, he physically I- throws people off his lawn. It was so, so funny when uh, when Hera was sort of, like, introducing the crew, first of all, and, and the chat is talking about Kanan, like, <laughs> bonding with, with uh, Sham as well. I love your dad. I'm Kanan, Hera's kind of husband, and these are our adopted kids. Kids, this is Grandpa. God bless you, Aunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. He's not wrong. It's just like I'm eating the parents. How do I look? Same as usual. You're making me I look feel bad. like if he had had Funny. a tie, he would have been straight. I know. But is it meeting the parents or meeting the war hero? Both. I'm, I th- I interpret the, like the war hero. I like to think of it as meeting the parents, but for him, it was probably, dude. 
This, this this is the guy. Oh my god! Like the this war who, hero. The see that's so. See that's so funny. Is because I didn't read it that way at all. I literally read it as I'm meeting my girlfriend's dad. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that, I, I that was it. more of the way I read yeah. it. Too. I read it as that up until it was. Oh, you did this and you did that and this is amazing and you're like oh, he was fanboying a, a fan little bit. Boy. But 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 here's the other thing is I feel like that could be an affected behavior to be like. Oh, you're my girlfriend's dad. Like, you're great. I love you. You're wonderful. Like, <laughs> Tell me more about I the war. no longer love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, there is no context for this, but I just have to share it in the chat. Hassan Yosef says, Chopper equals George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> He's randomly just going to start killing off all the characters you love. I will say, if I have one criticism about this episode, it isn't the the about heel face turn, or or even the way that they come together. My only gripe about this episode, and maybe because it's thirty minutes long, right, right, but the fact that everybody got what they wanted in the end, that's true. That that was like it was like that tied up a little too neatly. Yeah, there wasn't it ultimately like there was some compromise but not really. Yeah, I liked bring I like bringing around Sabine's line, you'll get your chance. Yeah. That's I did, true. I, I did like that. That yeah. was a little bit of writing I noticed. Yeah, and I liked uh that you know, Sabine Sabine ended it's up fun, with the plan huh? with the yeah with the explosives and and uh, we got to see uh, Ezra use the force. Yeah, and that was yeah, actually so that, cool. that fight in the corridor with the blast doors was and really good. And just throwing good. each other through the blast doors like this is a do you, yeah. That who was drunk when that like, I thought, like when did they come up with this? Yeah, I just thought that was like a really creative piece of fight choreography. <laughs> because on one hand that's really smart, and on the other hand it's like Ezra came up with this, didn't he? Well, I he's have like to... fourteen. This is a fourteen-year-old's fight, and then you know, uh-huh. Kane is just like, well, you know, we could think about that, and then internally he's like, this is so cool. <laughs> I'm in. I'm on board. I have to be the adult. Uh, to both of your points, I do have to wonder, like, when they do sit down in the writer's room to go, okay, how can we continue to make fights using the Force engaging? Yeah. Because it, I mean, to an extent, it would be really easy to just kind of sit back and go, oh, autopilot. Yeah, they just hit. This yeah, is, this no, is the like, Force version not, of the fastball special. Yeah, yeah. to not put any <laughs> effort into the fight choreography. The fact that they make the effort to make this unique I, I think it's just another testament of how much thought and effort they're putting into this series. Yeah, well, and and also them using the Jedi mind trick as a moment of comedy it. in this. I mean, very much as it was done in Force Awakens. It was very funny in Force Awakens. But I also loved it as a, no, Ezra, you try it. Yeah. We're doing some on-the-job training here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really mean it. <laughs> I have to say, I think that despite the fact that she has zero training, Ray might actually be a little better at Jedi mind tricking than Ezra. Uh, <laughs> she Jedi mind tricked James Bond. <laughs> okay, yeah. she took out a time more. Yeah. Like we're good. <laughs> she's a little. Uh, she's a little more subtle than Ezra. <laughs> well, Ezra, subtlety was long past by the time they made it to the bridge. Let's be real. Yeah. No, I uh, I, I enjoyed that. Um, Plus, Ezra's fourteen, and I'd imagine Ray is a little older. Just a teensy bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. I'd imagine closer to eighteen. Probably. Probably. Yeah, she's definitely a, a slightly older teenager, I think. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. This this is interesting to point out. So, uh, Ryan uh, Wittallison in the chat says... Oh, uh, hey, Ryan. I yeah. love this human being. Ryan's great. Uh, that, you know, Chom uh, also happened to be a connection to Kanan's past, which is true, uh, with Mace Windu being his master's master. Oh. Yep. So that's the th- that is the thing. It's like where where are we gonna go with a Kanan episode? But yeah, I mean, I don't know because Mace Windu because Sean worked with him in the like first episode of Clone Wars that he was in. So yeah, yeah. Sad times. Now I'm just, now like I'm just I said, sad. We can't do a Kanan good- episode because there's nothing left. I was in a good mood just a minute I'm ago. I'm sorry. And now I'm sad. I decided to bring it up. Nothing. Just think about purple lightsabers and you'll feel way better. <laughs> Just as sad. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Just think great. about plate glass Purple's windows. a great color for a lightsaber. It is a great color for a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson was like, I'll do the movie if you give me a purple lightsaber. I want to know which one's me in the fights. And they're like, done. <laughs> it's like, dude, Samuel Jackson. Deal. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so uh, ultimately... As you say, everybody kind of uh, gets what they want. Like I said, in the end, my my only criticism about the episode is that it wraps up just a touch too neatly. I would have preferred if like there there had been some strikes, but I would have preferred if he had had to compromise a little bit more. Because I feel like that would have been more realistic in this scenario. I, I agree, yeah. but but I know that like part of it is also that she like. She wants to prove that her way isn't wrong, and doing True. things her way did get him what he wanted. Ultimately, it also in the nearly end. got her killed a few episodes ago, that along is true. with a few other people who did that. Just it really sucks to be a nameless person in Phoenix Squadron because uh, <laughs> it if it's a Hera episode, it's like eeny meeny miny you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, let's be real. I will say that I felt completely blindsided when they got betrayed. Really? Yeah. Katie was saying Dude, that I thought that was paint by numbers. Oh, nope. I I I was like, oh good. She's I was like, obviously she's gonna be in some sort of conflict with her dad, but I didn't think he was gonna straight up betray her. Really? Yeah. I really I legitimately mean it. Huh. Maybe I, maybe I'm just too trusting. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. This is very, very optimistic of you, but I've, <laughs> what did you I've feel seen like? that trope go down too many times. What did you feel like, Megan? I mean, I, I get Katie's point of view. I do see where, story-wise, it would make sense. I'll be honest, when I was watching it, I was just watching it. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to predict what was going to happen. I was just watching. I was just along for the ride. Yeah, I can't not watch things without going, and this. Oh, they've set this up? That's going to be... I can if I haven't had my third cup of coffee in the day. <laughs> right, exactly. It's a little late for that. Yeah. He won't do. Long day? <laughs> Long day. All right. <laughs> uh, any other uh, things that you guys want to touch on before we start predicting the future? Uh, uh, not particularly. I I did enjoy the episode, even if I saw a good chunk of it coming. And just that fight choreography. Man! Uh, just that it's always nice to get more info on Hera. She's yeah. like, she's my favorite character. Yeah, she's in my favorite show. Too. Yes. So it's always nice to get stuff from her and not to count our chickens before they hatch. But next week we might have Vanessa Marshall call in to yes. give us a little bit more insight 
on what this episode was like for her from an acting standpoint. Yeah. So, yes. Again, not to count our chickens before the yeah. match, but that's but what we, I'm hoping. But we might get to chat with her a little about that, which I would uh, really like. Also, I would like to point out that Roz Mystica 01 and Megan Rickards in the chat agree with me that they did not see the betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks oh, for having Oh, you sweet summer children. Thanks for having my back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the one who's like, oh, betrayed? Eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I was uh, just like three... Two, one. I was watching The Flash today, and I'm like, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Oh, look at that, it happened. <laughs> so like, basically, our... Setting up the pins to knock them down. Our respective reactions were, called it, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened, and, huh. <laughs> my apathy, I would show you it if I cared. <laughs> well, and, uh, and, and speaking of we'll see what happens, let's dive into some predictions. <laughs> and now... Got a fun one in the chat. Oh, uh, Justin says, "Does anyone get the feeling that Agent Callus might leave the Empire and go Rebel?" I don't, but that would be no, great. I mean, I think Zeb would take him out long before he accepted him. Oh, but yeah. Let's be real. Although there is this whole big thing about making the right choice, and mm-hmm. there's a kind of consistent refrain that revenge is not not a great thing. Revenge just leads to more... It just adds to the cycle of misery. I on one hand, I understand. On the no. other hand, genocide! Genocide! So, 100%! We did a little bit of leaping off the slippery slope there. So. I, 100%! But, like, is killing Callus gonna bring back his people? No. He no, already it's has not. his, and he's not the last one anymore. So, on the one hand, that confrontation is absolutely True. going to come to a head yeah. because we've seen it in the preview. I agree. Over and over and over I agree. again. <laughs> that one same preview that keeps showing. I know. But honestly, I don't think that's the route they're going to go. Yeah. I don't think, I think that given the choice, Zeb will end up conflicted and will either let him go and regret it later, or he'll he won't kill him. He'll show him mercy, and that will make however many wheels Callus uh-huh. has in his head start spinning. It'll be like See, a I'm Javert thinking. situation. Oh, no, you can't do this. I've been talking about how his mutton chops look like and I love Javert. You guys, you can't do this to me. Callus is not blindly lawful good enough for a Javert situation. I mean, if we're, if we're going true. for the setting them up to knock him down bit, if he's going to turn to the rebels, I'm expecting him to double agent oh. for Zeb to forgive him and then for Callus to turn around and betray them all. I that I, that I could see. I, I feel like I could also see with Callus him not going rebel, but going sort of rogue. You know what I Like, I could see him, like, just ending up on his own side. Because I think yeah. Callus is very much on his own side. He saw what happened to the min- the minister? When oh, that yeah, happened? Mr. Tua. Super oh, dead. Well, the minister, which he had a hand in her demise, yeah. but the, the other two people that were in charge... Uh, who lost their heads. Little bit. Literally. Uh, bit. That was not a pun. They literally lost their heads because they were decapitated by a double-edged lightsaber. <laughs> because Tarkin don't mess around. No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Um, Megan Rickard says, how much longer until we enter quote-unquote hell, as Katie put it in the last episode? Well, this is episode 16, and we have how many? 20? I believe there's 26. I'm just gonna I say. I give it four episodes at most. Yeah. Before we 
wind up just the the last two episodes of this season. It's a two parter called Twilight of the Apprentice. Yeah, she did. did I'm I just mean, gonna leave she that did. There. Oh, honey, no, she there. did. Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alexis. Ah, oh, there goes Alexis. Alexis. <laughs> I, I, I have no, no words. I have been sitting on a prediction that Ahsoka's going to die for a season and a half. I mean... I'm waiting for it. I think this It'll is... suck, but I'm waiting for I mean, after Ruby, I'm kind of sitting here going, you know, if they die, I just need to be prepared for it. Things occur. I really don't want Ahsoka to die, but I know No, I don't, but well, I... Well, maybe if Twilight it's is happen, a princess oh, means that she, she finally becomes a master? Because she's no longer in the princess. Or she dies. Sure, Megan. The sun sets on her. Okay, so. The sun sets on her. Okay, so according to the Xehanorto, we have uh, six more episodes this season. Oh, so, well, okay, in that case, one or two episodes at most before we wind up in that. Hell. That would put us at 22 episodes overall. Yeah, 22. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be much longer until, I think we're kinda done with the fun. With the, feel, <laughs> with the fun, with the and the character episodes. building, and the backstory, and yes. now we're just gonna go straight with the, the free willy adventures, and yeah, no, it's time for the Inquisitor just to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I've missed the Seventh Sister. I she know! To come I have up. missed, like, really dramatic high-stakes episodes. I've, I've really liked these past few, they've been fun, yeah. but none of it's been, like, Oh my god, what's gonna happen well, next? It's, it's all been like, what's gonna happen next? Well, cause I mean, what, it, what it's been is it's, it, it has been those sort of character episodes where yeah. we get to bring all the different care, all the different members of the crew into focus, which again, it's like those episodes are necessary for the character building, but I am definitely ready to get back into like, the heat of the battle. Um, I also, uh, I yeah, there was definitely a little more chopper in this episode, but I, I need a little more chopper in my life. Does what? anyone else want a completely silent episode where it's just chopper Where adventures? everyone's talking in gibberish because that's how he hears it? That'd be great. No, I, what I'd like, now that we've known how long Hera and Chopper have been together, I want a flashback. I know. Oh my god, I want flashbacks. I want flashbacks for everyone. I want to see Zeb as captain yeah. of the Royal Guard. I want to see uh, Kanan on the run. I want to see Ezra with his parents. Yeah. I, I want to see all of this. Yeah. Everything. I agree all with you. Them. Spirit fingers. Yeah, yeah. I feel yes, like that's. Hands. I feel like that's definitely not something we're going to get into this season. Oh, but no. I agree that, especially because now in this season they've introduced so many interesting details about people's pasts. I now, as you say, I want to see it. Like I heard about it, great, but I want, I want this the is, whole. This is deal. television. It's a visual medium show. Don't tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want the, the whole, exposition uh, for a little bit. Yeah. Let's show us a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> I want the whole deal and a musical episode. <laughs> yes, uh, that's what Hassan uh, Yosef said in oh the chat. I, I agree I would, wholeheartedly. I would, that would be great. I don't think that'll ever happen, but might happen on Ash versus Evil Dead at some point because Which, Sam Raimi tends to have musical episodes of his shows. Shut up and take shows. my money. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I will support a musical episode of any series that I'm watching. We need a musical episode of The Flash because like 95% of that cast can sing. Yes, 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 yes a thousand times, yes. <laughs> the, the, oh. the, the guy who plays Barry Allen was in Glee. Yeah. And like Jesse L. Martin has been in musical theater all his life. Seriously! Yep. Oh, basically, uh, we need musical episodes I was, of like everything. I was trying to figure out. So, Roz Mystica, one in the chat, has been saying like, "Talk about the cute little robot. Talk about the cute little robot." And I think Roz, correct me if I'm wrong. You're referring to like the little square 
rectangle robot that Sabine like reprograms. You guys remember that in the episode yeah. of Little Droid? It was cute. It yeah. happened. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I just, there's not really anything to talk about aside from it was cute and it happened. <laughs> I got nothing. That, yeah. that basically That's covers it. it. Bam. That's yeah. it. I have nothing to contribute to that conversation. Although you I want to hear like, us talk about cute robots, robots in disguise is coming I back. Was, <laughs> that's, yeah. I, that's for the plug. I section. am always yeah. pro cute robot or really pro robot of any kind. So yeah. That's, that's about all I have. Do we have any other predictions, or do we want to just? I think that uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, all right. I think so all right. It is all right. So we're gonna we're gonna hop in the ship and turn on the hyperdrive <laughs> and head into the rest of our day. So thank you so much to all of you for joining us tonight here on the Star Wars Rebels After Show. Uh, Katie, where can people uh, keep up with all the things you're doing? You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and keep... Uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and... <laughs> wow. Instagram. Uh, wow. You can find me on Q-J. <laughs> I got a whole social network named after me, you guys. <laughs> Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, at Kiaxet. K-I-A-X-E-T. You can also find me on Snapchat at Kia Prime. Speaking of which, Robots in Disguise is coming back. It is. Which I found out completely by accident on Tumblr yesterday. So thank <laughs> God for Tumblr. And we will let you know when we have that show scheduled. We're still working things out. Arrows later tonight. The Ruby Season 3 finale after show is at 6 p.m. Pacific tomorrow and we're going to have Miles and Carrie and guys, there's going to be some discussions. Yep. Bring tissues. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's going to happen. Oh yeah. On that note, I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangman. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I'm Emma Fife. You can follow me all over the internet at Emma Fife. That is my name. Uh, I'm on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzzTV.com. Uh, Face Off is coming up later today. Uh, also, I am guest hosting for the next couple of weeks on Otaku Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, Yay! our uh, sister network. Tomorrow night, uh, Jonathan Meza, uh, Max Song, and myself are going to be joined by Kyle A. Bear to talk about uh, Street Fighter II, the animated movie. It's a classic. If you guys haven't seen it, it's from 1994. I just rewatched it today. It's great. It's going to be a fun time because uh, you know Street Fighter Five came out this week, so it's relevant. That's so I am the only one who screwed up my spiel tonight. Yeah, yeah. Good for, yeah. <laughs> other, other than that, if you want to know what I'm doing, eh, follow me on Twitter. I tweet all the time. Uh, again, thank you so much to everybody in the hashtag and the live chat. Everyone who joined us tonight. Remember, you can keep talking to us throughout the week using that hashtag ABTV Rebels. Remember to go over to iTunes, leave us reviews, leave us thumbs up on YouTube, and uh, we will see you guys all again same time, same place next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.